It's another Acoustic Alternatives from Grove Studios in Ypsilanti, the home of the podcast since 2020. We're back in 2020 in the midst of the pandemic. Some friends here at Grove Studios said, we want you to do a podcast in our studios. I'm like, does the world need another music podcast, really? And they said, no, come on, just do it. You'll you'll love it. All right, fine. So I came in, was a guest on their podcast, and then they said, do your own. And I invited my friend Chris DuPont, who was putting out a new record out. And I suddenly realized that there was a hole in my heart from having done so many interviews in, in the world of radio that uh, this was filling it. So one of my three guests today has been in the podcast studio two years ago. Katie Peterson is back, and she's brought her friends Grace Tyson and Jillian Linklater with her. This is the Rebel Eves in studio at uh, uh, Acoustic Alternatives. What the heck is the name of my podcast? (laughs) (laughs) I think I remember. Uh, This is a podcast that has been previously sponsored. I think 12 of these 66 episodes have been sponsors. Right now, there's no sponsors. If you like what you're seeing and you want to support me, there is a Patreon page for the entirety of all of the things that are acoustic alternatives that I make zero money doing. Uh, the trains are optional, <laughs> noises that come when you get in the big studio. But we are in the big studio. If you, you've watched the podcast before, you know that uh, there's uh, more than one studio. I've mentioned this room before. So, uh, again, welcoming to the podcast studio, The Rebel Eaves. And, again, Jillian Linklater, Katie Peterson, Grace Tyson are here. And we're going to do, because there are three distinctly different lives in this room, we're going to interview each of you individually and then talk about the band as well. Cool but we're also going to have you play some music. And when you talk, because I've got it set for singing, step up to the microphones. But starting with a song, who wants to introduce the song? Well, the song kind of introduces itself. (laughs) (laughs) But this song is called The Rebel Eaves. Let's take it back to the garden Where all the blame was put on me Since the day that it all started I've been biting apples, spitting seeds Try to take my body, my power, my choice, my soul But you will never take my voice Can you hear me now? Did anyone care to ask Mary If she wanted any part of this? It's the only way to make history Through martyrdom or fruitfulness Try to take my body, my power, my choice, my soul But you will never Take my Can voice. you hear me now? Never take my Can voice. you hear me now? Never take my Can you hear me now? Never take my Can you hear me now? Oh, you can try, but you'll never. Your dreams meet me at the well. Wanna buy my love, cause I'm selling it now. Yeah. Call no pleasure, ain't no sin. I'm still taking blame for the fall of man. Try to take my body, my power, my choice, my soul, but you will never take my. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Call me 
<laughs> Rebel Eves on the Acoustic Alternatives podcast from Grove Studios and the song, which is the, it's like the monkeys have their own song, right? The Rebel Eves have their own, here we come, we're the Rebel Eves. Not quite that. <laughs> Fantastic. I have heard that one. There's a video for that one. That one exists in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will eventually get to when are these songs going to be available for people, but... There are people in the room, and we'll start with Jillian because she's she's right here to my uh, right, and the first person that is a twenty fifteen or so. I think I might have reached out to you. You might have reached out to me. I was still working at the radio station in Ann Arbor, mm. and you were doing some shows in the area, and I played some of your music on the air because you were doing a show at the Ark. Mm. So we have crossed paths, but I, I mean, I've spent like zero time with you other than uh, there was a show in Ferndale that you guys did. Yeah, a song I, think around. I said hello. Like, yeah. have we actually ever met? <laughs> That I'm not sure about, <laughs> but uh, that's about how long I've been aware of your existence. And I've been, you know, uh, you know, this, this was an exciting project for me because of my longstanding uh, f- fandom of, of Katie's music. I'm like, Oh, you got something new. Who's in it? Oh my goodness. That's really cool. Um, 2021. I know you played 20 front street and um, the arc 20 front street, probably the basic places that you've played most of your career in Michigan. Is that true? Yeah, I would say in, 20 front streets right in my hometown so it it was awesome to have that venue there it's one of my favorites let's talk a little bit about uh, you and growing up where did you grow up specifically up, yeah lake orion michigan oh yeah that's such a bad place it's beautiful there yeah. <laughs> or living is a vacation yeah pretty much it probably used to be that kind it of was. A- it was a vacation town um and that's like the actual slogan of the city so we always laugh about it <laughs> It's a vacation town. Come live here. That's yeah. the slogan. No, not quite that. Uh, what kind of stuff did you, as a high school student, find yourself drawn to? That's. I think we're a little bit more ourselves in high school. If I went back really? to like five year old, that's an interesting. Okay, I. How, what was I drawn to in high school? I played lots of sports. Um, I was. That's when I started playing guitar. Was I taught myself how to play guitar and like sophomore year of high school and so I was starting to write songs then and that was like the height of my yeah like Taylor Swift had just come out with her mm-hmm. her um teardrops on my guitar <laughs> and uh so I started writing songs so it was that was that was definitely my like music start was high school I'm trying to remember what other guest I've had in the studio but it came it came to me that I didn't realize that she'd been around long enough that uh-huh. she's already influenced people that are making music Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I oh, just yeah. I, And she was like our age, yeah, you know. Yeah. So right. she's like we the sixteen year old girl and I'm like, Oh, I can write songs about my life too. Because she's still so current. It's not like you think of somebody yeah. who's been around twenty years mm-hmm. has been making music twenty years long enough to influence people. I guess mm-hmm. so. And mm-hmm. it absolutely is the case. So well that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um you were a runner, if I remember from some research I did. Yeah, yeah. I ran track. I did high jump and hurdles. That was like that was my thing. Um, in high school and then on on into college. Um, yeah, big sports gal. <laughs> Do you still find yourself going for runs but not jumping over things? You know, um, not really. No? <laughs> I did one half marathon with my parents because they're – they're big runners, but, um, I mean, I do like jumping just in general, you know, <laughs> just jumping. It's fun. I mean, you know, House of Pain told you us know? to do it. Chris Cross told us to do it. There's a lot of songs that said jump in it. You know, yeah. Jump, jump. Grace and I didn't know any of this None about of this. you. <laughs> you didn't song. know this? No. no I never. LOL. Well. We don't talk about high school a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, we should have. Yeah. Um, so then from high school, you went to Belmont University. Is that yes. the next stop on the, the train, mm-hmm. yep. so to speak? And why did you choose Belmont? Um, or did it choose you? Yeah. Well, honestly, it kind of feels like it chose me. I was I wanted to be a pediatrician like in the medical fields and, and all throughout when I was young. And then I won this Taylor Swift karaoke competition. Taylor mm-hmm. Swift again. What, <laughs> what were you singing? Um, I think I honestly, I think I, it was supposed to be karaoke, but I remember bringing my guitar to like the parking lot where they had the thing. And I think I sang love story. Okay. That was like one of my favorites I like at that the time. Song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I won a trip to Nashville and this woman was taking us around Nashville and she was like, and this is Belmont university right on the end of music row. And you know, people, the music business is a thing. She gave me my first music business book and was like, people mm-hmm. write songs for a living. I said, really? Okay. And I toured Belmont and it's the only school I applied to. and got into the songwriting program and then my whole career trajectory changed forever pediatrician (laughs) out the door musician forever yeah (laughs) do you ever find yourself like still wanting to to do the pediatrician thing anyway like just the, the aspects of it well 
Honestly, I don't even, I don't know if it's necessarily pediatrician. Sometimes I'm like, did I choose the right path? Well, <laughs> we know financially, On no. the hard days. <laughs> no, the, the, anybody who did watches, I choose? anybody who watches or listens to this knows that I understand the plight, the financial plight of the 99% of the musicians I have come through here. Yeah. It is not, it is not a great way to make a living. No. It's a fun way to make a living. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is mm, a decision you have to just you have to just go with it. Mm-hmm. And, and we as fans, I don't know that all of us look at it this way, but I know I do. I appreciate the sacrifice that you make because you you bring me joy as musicians. You give me something to look forward to, something to turn to when I have, you know, sorrow or joy or whatever. I mean, that that's to me that's what music does. But we we often forget that the people making the music have made sacrifices so mm-hmm. that we can enjoy that. Mm-hmm. So. Thank you. Well, thank you for saying that. My my pleasure. So how's your search for perfection going? I know that was one of your things at one point. (laughs) My search for perfection? Never find it. (laughs) It was brought up in an interview. I'm like, ooh, that's a pretty good search. Yeah. You were going to go for perfection. Oh, gosh. I actually have a song about that where it's just like I'm constantly looking for uh, the next thing to kind of, I I haven't put it as perfection, but I like to fix everything, you know, Mm -hmm. like to be the thing that solves all of the my life's problems and you know it never I never fa- I haven't found it yet I'll probably look for it somewhere else next <laughs> we've been putting out music since about 2015 some EPs is there a full length in there as well no just EPs just EPs yeah actually we're working on a record and Grace and I were both like this will be our first full length album Ooh. Grace or Katie has put out full length so that's exciting Finally. I mean, that's a long journey to get to the full lengthness. Mm -hmm. Have you resisted full lengths because you don't feel like you have enough songs that are cohesive to make a collection or you just Mm. prefer like, oh, I got five songs. Let's get them out. Great. Great question. Um, Honestly, I think it's been like budget. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a thing. uh, I think it's just, you know, less, less songs, less money. Um, And also I kind of, I kind of, a lot of my career has been like dancing back and forth between, oh, I just am a songwriter. Oh, I'm an artist. And so there's been periods of time where I just focused on being a songwriter and writing for other people and writing for film and television that I think sometimes like I just would come back and do the EP that felt a little more manageable. And then balancing it with the other things. What about this side moniker you have with, is it Jay Ella? Oh, Jay Ellie. Jay Ellie, that's it. Oh, man. Yeah, I've only written a couple of songs in that that little like side uh, alter ego, but. um, Tell people about that. Yeah. It's kind of like a like brat rap song. (laughs) It's totally not not how I present whatsoever, but. Brat rap? Yeah. The strawberry juniper part of this, like no, I was no. bringing it. It's literally this. like, does it make your heart beat every single time you feel that? Like it's like <laughs> sassy. <laughs> it's a real like. It's yeah. so, amazing. Um, which I found that really fun to like put on a different hat and like put on a different personality. And I have a few more actually floating around in my brain that I'm like, this could totally be Jay Ellie, hmm. and. Um, yeah, so we'll have to see if she comes back out. That's fine. <laughs> I think yes. Uh, yep, walking I think st- that's an absolute yes. <laughs> walking stories, is that the most successful thing you've released so far? I would say so, yeah. How did how did that happen? I'm like just to have something that gets people's attention is, is kind of nice, but how did it get the attention? What was the Yeah, I was working um with a manager at the time who and it was like right at the beginning of Spotify, um, like uh curated playlists mm-hmm. and so um and just like anything he he had a friend that was curating my favorite coffee shop or coffee house on spotify which was a big like acoustic playlist mm-hmm. and i think still is um but he pitched him the song and he loved it and put it on there and that playlist like single-handedly was what spread it um which was really amazing i think yeah. liz longley has a similar story with mm-hmm. when you've got troubles a song mm-hmm. of hers that a lot of people know because of that that mm-hmm. channel and mm-hmm. kind of opened the door to lots of people discovering who she was. One, mm-hmm. one of my other favorites who lives, I believe somewhere near you. Now you, when oh, yeah, you went to Belmont, you relocated to Nashville, right? Yes. That's home. Not anymore. Currently. Oh, where's home? I, um, so I lived in Nashville about 11 years and then I converted a van with uh, my grandfather and traveled for a year and a half and kind of landed in Seattle oh. and needed a little bit of a rest from the road. And so I've been living there the last year and a half. Um, yeah. So this is what we call a distance band. Yeah, this is yes. a long distance band. We've had a couple of those in here before. It's it's a tough way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Zoom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, some other people have recorded your songs, at least one, Jason Gray, right? Mm-hmm. 
tell me about your your uh, songs that have been on other people's albums. Anything beyond him? Yeah, I mean, there's been a couple like um, pop uh, artists. One, Carolyn Cole, that's recorded a couple of my songs that we've co-written together. A couple other um, CCM bands because I was really well connected with a label down there um, that hooked me up with a lot of their artists. Um, and uh, yeah, some like smaller, you know, uh, country artists as well. But Jason was probably the biggest uh, artist to cut one of my songs. So Jillian Linklater as a solo artist, indie country Christian or any of those mm. or all of those? <laughs> oh gosh. I would say it's more just like folk singer songwriter. Like I, at the end of the day, like it's just me and my acoustic guitar is how I do most of my shows these days. Just, um, kind of like a, like James Taylor kind of person it was just me and my guitar. Who doesn't love that? <laughs> I mean, I do. <laughs> the show is called Acoustic Alternatives. After yeah. all. all right. So the uh, Rebel Eves are the trio in the studio today. Uh, we are at Grove Studios. They are uh, as of yet to release an album. We'll talk about that. But how about another song? Who wants to introduce the next song? Yeah. Not me, because I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, this kind of is a good segue. This is a song that I wrote while writing songs in Nashville for more of a country um, lean. We wrote it thinking like Miranda Lambert should cut this song, you know. Um, and so that was, I mean, like it had to be at least eight years ago now. It's been a while. And then when this band started, um, this was a favorite of some of my family members and they were like, Jillian, you got to play him Don Juan. And I was like, Oh, come on that old thing. And uh, <laughs> I played it for him and they like immediately started singing harmonies on it. And now it's one of our favorite points in our set. We call it our tequila drinking song. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Miranda long gone Don Juan. Go ahead. Missed out. Yeah. yeah. She's going to want it now. <laughs> <laughs> Aftermath of a love gone bad Wasn't like me to fall for a player like that Oh, but the way he wore that gypsy smile And held his 69 J45 Lost a little bit of my mind That moonshine night Ooh, was the best he ever had Told the same to every girl Drifter, shapeshifter, sweep you off your feet, kind of kisser. Gold tongue on the run, leave you in the morning with a smoking gun. He's passing through, 90 proof. The kind of liquor you just shouldn't shoot. He'll say, Hey, baby, my name is John, and then he's long gone, Don Juan. Hearts were breaking all over this town. Katie was crying and Mary Jo was hunting him down. Dee Dee had a daddy cleaning off his gun. Mrs. Jones said, Father, what have I done? Little Lucy thought she had finally found the word. Said I was the best he ever had. Drifter, shape shifter, sweep off your feet, kind of kisser. Gold on the run, leave you in the morning with a smoking gun. He's passing through, not your proof. The kind of liquor you just shouldn't shoot. He'll say, Hey, baby, my name is John, and then he's long gone, Don Juan.
as a drifter, shapeshifter. Sweep off your feet, kind of kisser. Love it. It's called Don Juan. It is from the Rebel Eves, and we're on Acoustic Alternatives uh, from Grove Studios. Grove Studios is a place that if you're a musician, if you're a DJ, if you're a podcaster, they've got a space for you 24-7. It's a keypad operation. Get out of the garage and get into the studio is their motto. So if you're looking to not annoy your neighbors with the noise you're making, practicing, or making your DJ noises really loud or mastering your album, which we can do in the room behind you, actually. Um, this is a place in Ypsilanti, Michigan, right between Ann Arbor and Detroit. If you're watching this from elsewhere, maybe you're planning a tour coming through, like, we need a place to practice before we play at the Ark here. I know a lot of people who have done that. I know some of my previous guests have been here before, so I want to thank them for being uh, such great hosts and encouraging me to do this in the first place, because I am loving having so much fun doing this. Rebel Eves are here. That makes me happy. Uh, we just got to meet Jillian Linklater and talk to her a bit about her career. Another time, perhaps, we will do a more in-depth look at you and have a solo thing with you when you're in the area. Uh, but this time, we're going to skip over Katie and go... <laughs> we're skipping, we're oh, skipping, skipping over, over you. me. Oh, okay. Sorry. For now. Just because this is the way you're lined up. you say skip over or step over? No, 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 no. Uh, we're we're going to speak with Grace Tyson right now. Grace, welcome to uh, Grove Studios. Thank and you. it's good to have you in. It's good to be here. I know that uh, the other side of the state is home for you, correct? Yes, Kalamazoo. It's it's where you're from and where you went back to. Is that correct? That is correct. You spent some time in Nashville at some point, and uh, I did. Yes, I moved down there in 2015. Um, I was running a nonprofit at the time called Songs Against Slavery, so I was sort of on the other end of the music business, um, running benefit concerts and booking artists and venues. So. I'm pretty new as of like three years to the performing side of it this heavily. Um, but that's how Jillian and I met was down there. Unlike these experienced ladies, you're just getting your start. For real though. Yeah. A thousand percent. I feel like what I bring to the band is a lot of the business stuff yeah. because of that background. But the music stuff, I'm like, I don't know keys. I don't know. Like, I'm like guys help out. She I doesn't know. give herself enough. Credit. Yeah. <laughs> truly. I yeah. should also never answer questions like who are inspirations and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Musical history is on them. It's yeah. on them. Well, congratulations to you. However, despite how short you've been doing this, you have gotten a fair amount of attention. Like I've noticed your name come up a lot in the last few years. Thank you. Which is, I mean, that's not that easy yeah. to do. It's just debut, and then suddenly people are talking about you, writing about you. Yeah. Uh, you're you're showing up, and, and how, how did that happen? Just because you're talented? I mean, I know you are. No, but. <laughs> I mean, yes and no. I think a lot of it was also like I've almost for 10 years, like I said, was on the other side of this, booking artists, um, booking venues. So I knew a lot of the music business. And I think when I moved back to Michigan, my mindset was like, I don't really know what I'm doing as an artist, but I do know how to like run a business. And one of the things that I learned with my nonprofit is like, we always surrounded ourselves with people who are better than us and smarter than us. And so with a band, I was like, I want to be the worst player in my band legitimately because that's how I think you rise up to the next level. And so moving back, I sort of had this mindset of like, how I'm going to surround myself with the people who are really good at this and um, network with them. And just like, not because I wanted to, I didn't even really think I had in my mind, like advancing my career. That's just like what I knew how to do in running a business. And so I think that was a huge help and part of it. Also, I just think the Michigan music scene from what I've seen has been incredibly supportive and incredibly encouraging and, you know, like the Michigan Music Alliance has the whole, um, what is it? Something over competition. Collaboration. Collaboration. Over competition. Yes. I, should I know, do I'm, feel that. I'm on the board. I should know Oh, that, yeah. 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 Okay. So, I'll, yeah, shout out. But <coughs> I do think that has felt like that um, coming back because Nashville felt really, as you know, like it feels very, um, can feel, what's the word I'm looking for? Competitive. competitive. Yeah. And so I think I saw that and I felt like Michigan was a really good soft space for me to try all this out because mm -hmm. I didn't know what type of music I wanted to do or, you know, 
the, over the last three years has changed a lot. And so I felt like it was a less competitive environment to sort of get my feet wet. Um, it's a weird analogy, but when you were talking about like playing with people that were better than you, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I'm not young anymore, but when I was younger, I used to play volleyball and I would try and play with people who were better than I yeah. was to try and get better. Yeah. And until I got context, I wasn't confident at the net because you yeah. got in the face. But I, the, the same theory applies or hypothesis yeah. technically uh, is that, you know, you, you, you try to rise above. So right. smart. A thousand percent. And yeah. I think that is like, I've learned so much from both of them and a lot of this and a lot of the music stuff. And I think that's what makes us such an awesome band is we all bring different strengths to the table. So. Has music always been like one of your loves? What, what were you, when did you decide that this was so the thing? so funny. I really hate performing. Like oh. I find this career absolutely terrifying. Oh my goodness. And I'm always sweating on stage. Like I oh. really, being up here with them feels good. When I'm on my own with my band, I'm still, before every show, I'm like panicking. To which I'm like, why did I choose this career? Oh. Like this is absolutely terrifying. <laughs> so I feel like I've always loved music. I've never loved performing. Okay. Like I never wanted to do it. I was sort of like voluntold with <laughs> worship and all the things where you're just like, yeah, I have to do this. But um, no, I never saw myself as a career doing this. Well, we learned from Jillian that maybe it was Taylor that made her pick up a guitar. Maybe. What about you? <laughs> what, what about you? Yeah. Um, I think I picked up a guitar really young. Um, my family had, a, like our God family had five kids and we had five kids. Okay. And they had four daughters and there's three in my family. And so we all just harmonized together. My godfather taught us how to play guitar. We were singing like Patty Griffin. Every like family gathering Christmas was around music. Mm -hmm. Someone had a guitar. We were like four part harmony. So I've, it's always been a part of my life. Just this like performing part of it was not really something that I saw myself doing until I ran songs against slavery. And then I saw how impactful music can be in making change and I was just like wow I want to be on that side of it for a change like I had done so much on the back end of it and I saw the way that you know you can change a room with a song you can change an environment with a song we were talking about that the other day and I think I wanted to do that for myself first and foremost because I was so scared of it as a career like I was so comfortable in the background and I kind of have this thing in life where I keep choosing careers that's scare the shit out of me for better you know yeah because I want to keep growing as a human and so I think it my personality feels like every 10 years I sort of change careers so far so I'm like I'll give this another like seven years and then I gotta (laughs) change careers but um no I think until it stops scaring me I think it's what I kind of need to be doing because it does help me face fears and step into like an identity that I don't know I was scared to step into for a lot of my life. Well, sidebar, Patty Griffin's Living With Ghosts, one of the best albums of the oh genre. Like, that's, yeah. that's a perfect album. <sighs> so Jesus. if that was part of your influences, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take that with you. Now, when I hear you, I hear kind of a blues rocker as your solo self. Yeah. Is that kind of where you file yourself? If, if there was a section in the record store to put you, you and your solo music in? Yeah, I think so. I um, My cousin was in a blues band growing up, like a pretty popular blues band. He toured with ZZ Top as his guitar player for a while. And so I was like saturated in blues yeah. music. And I've just always felt it's so, I don't know, it just always made my heart come alive like no other genre. And I just find the honesty in the songs very appealing. The grit, the like, you know, sometimes slamming on guitars, but sometimes just being, you know, like Bonnie Raitt, incredibly skilled. And so... I don't know. There's something about that genre that fits my style of voice that makes me feel like I can come to life. Um, but I am learning a lot. I think being in this band of like doing the singer songwriter slow, like more intimate. I was telling them like I sing slow, vulnerable songs now, and I'm sweating even more. You so I take, think you I'll, can take your jacket off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's I'm sweating. sweating. <laughs> I'm sweating now because it's all, all the lights in here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not used to that. So yeah, but I would say overall, I think blues is where I want to land. I have really you, like it. Have you pursued like booking blues venues and blues gigs and playing with other blues artists like Thornetta Davis and people like yeah. that? Yeah. No, that's actually a great idea. Like start trying to get in yeah, there by like sure. opening for them. I still feel like I need to be a lot more skilled on guitar before I do that. So I feel like that's my okay. goal is like, yeah, learning more. But that's a great idea. Glad to help. <laughs> Thank you. Pre-med in college. Oh my gosh, yeah. I was pre-med. I thought I was going to be a doctor. That's um, wild. Super crazy. I, just, I also wanted to be a pediatrician when I grew up, so <laughs> oh that's so funny. See, that's our next There's a note in here about... Medical. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. 
Yeah, it didn't last more than a year. Oh, okay. Um, I, it Saw was blood just, and you got out? Yeah, well, no, not really, but kidding. more like bones and I got out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Something. Yeah. Why did you end your uh, nonprofit? Did it just take I learned a- about sex. Tra- oh, sorry. I thought you were going to say, why did I end <laughs> going to medical school? No. Why did I end my nonprofit? Yes. Um, that's a great question. Sometimes it just naturally ends. Yeah, I think it was that. Um, there was a lot going on for me behind the scenes the last few years. I had had a second back surgery. I was on a lot of pain meds. I felt like, um, yeah, we were just going in a different direction, and I needed to figure out for myself. I needed to first like focus on my health and then figure out, is this nonprofit something I want to keep running? My co-founder wanted to get married and have a family, and so she wanted to move back to Michigan, and I wasn't sure. So I think overall, like, music was the thing that sort of made me end it. Like, mm. I started playing music out more. I lived in Costa Rica, and I was like, okay, yeah, I think this is what I want to do. And I can't – I learned from running Songs Against Slavery, it's really hard to do a music career and have another full-time job. So <laughs> I knew I couldn't split my time. I wouldn't do music again. I feel like whatever I did would just – get like chose over music and so yeah we decided to close it down turns out being a musician is i mean we're talking about running a business it is a business you can't you don't have to just be good at like writing songs and singing songs playing guitar piano whatever you play you have to know how to market yourself and how to put yourself out there there's so much business to the music business especially now because there's so little support from a record label anymore especially in the genre you guys are doing. There's not yeah. a lot of like stars in this, in this genre. It feels so. like 5% of our job is actually the music and writing. The Lot rest of it is like driving. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Doing all the other stuff. A lot of time in the car. Yeah. yeah. Katie, you got to step up to the no, mic. I'm if you're going to talk when you yeah. talk, we spend a lot of time in the yes. car. <laughs> I heard you, but the microphone didn't hear you. <laughs> so the answer to this question might not, might be not yet, but when did you start believing in yourself? Oh, that's such a good question. I was living in Costa Rica and I had moved there to do, be a social host for a yoga surf retreat. I knew nothing about either. I knew no one in Costa Rica. I just needed to like, honestly, like shake myself back awake. Again, going back to that like fear thing, I needed to choose like a job real fast that would kind of give me a lot of, not anxiety, but just like curiosity again. I feel like I had lost that in um, both chronic pain and also anti-trafficking work. And so... I didn't even bring my guitar when I da- when I went down there. I didn't tell anyone I did music. And slowly my boss started like coaxing me out of my shell of like play f- a song o- like for Shavasana. Or, and I started doing music again. And I felt like I just, there's something about moving to a, a country where nobody knows you. Really moving to a town where nobody knows you. Like starting over that gives you this confidence of like I can make a home anywhere I go. Like I trust that about myself. And so then why can't I do a career like this? I can't say I would say I fully believe in myself, but I think maybe more than not enough to keep going, if that makes sense. You're getting on stages. Yeah. That's that's a a belief in yourself. Yeah. And that feels like the biggest hurdle to me is just getting on the stage. Once I'm up there with my band or them, it feels natural, but... Yeah, it's just like taking those little baby steps. I saw you this summer in Grand Rapids at the Confluence event. And the, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of confidence there when you're up there. I, yeah. can't, I can't tell if you're not confident. So. No, I do feel it with my band. Yeah, because <laughs> you have somebody <laughs> I don't want to do a solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, congratulations on your fairly quick rise, Thank I suppose. You. I mean, it's yeah. that's my perception is that you've your best new artist already. That's a pretty cool thing to have yeah. on, on the resume, yeah. something to build. And I know this is not a small thing either for those of us in the Annabelle Ipsy music scene. You're going to be part of the Ebert and Friends show oh, yeah. in, in December. So I not, just got her email. not 100% sure when the video of this will be available. It might right. not be before the show's hit, but the audio will be. So if you are... If you're curious about how Grace might sound in a completely different setting, the Ebert and Friends show is an annual tradition at the Ark, and it features a wide variety of singers. You can meet Thornetta Davis if you haven't done so yet, and no, maybe ask her to open a show. Yeah. She's cool. Oh, that's incredible. She's one of the best. I just saw she was on it. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm singing Santa Baby, and Aaron said she hasn't found the right person in 16 years to sing it. And I was like, I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but wow. I'm like, I'm going for it. Wow, okay. I mean, you know, I don't know which version she's comparing you to, Madonna yeah. or Eartha Kid or whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Cool. I look for, I'm going to be there. I will, I will oh, see cool. one of okay. those shows. So I'm, Sweet. I look forward to that, and I thank you for giving me a little yeah, snapshot you of your asking. career. Is this another good time for another song? 
So this one needs a little bit of an introduction, if that's okay. Um, but this song is called American Dream. And Grace and I wrote this with our friend Terry down in Nashville. And um, there was a study done through UNC Annenberg um, that we found out about through um, an organization called Amplify Her Voice. And they did a study to look at gender inclusion in the music industry and just, you know, um, see what those stats were. And they found um, in 2022 that of all the popularized music that's on the radio, on Spotify, that's pushed, that we all listen to the most, um, only 12.8% of those songs are written by women. Hmm. And so that's not to say that there are not um, more women songwriters out there who are working hard and doing our best. And um, so this song sort of came from that realization. <laughs> this is American Dream. been taking low lows I'm in a ten-year town but I can see through the smoke dismissed by men that are half my age playing worse songs on a bigger stage but you know our starting lines are not the same is this a Change who we are, well no 
okay, wow. <laughs> I mean, if I may vote, that should be the lead single from the album. Oh. If, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm allowed to vote, that's my vote so far. I mean, there might be another Thank song you. that you perform next that I might change my mind and I reserve the right to do that. But holy crap, that's a great song and powerful. Thank you. Love it. Love it. Uh, the Rebel Eves are my guests today on Acoustic Alternatives from Grove Studios in Ypsilanti. And we've already met Jillian and we've already met Grace and we've met Katie before. If you look <laughs> back on the previous podcast, it was about two years ago, her last and first visit here. But we've had visits at my uh, radio stations and we've known each other a while. And I'm not sure if I should call you Katie or Charlotte because she was Charlotte in a movie I saw. And I was confused. I'm like, no, that's <laughs> wait, Katie. Wait, sorry, what? <laughs> Do they not know that you're no, in a movie? I, well, it, it, I was an extra. It was like, yeah, it was, it's small indie film. It's very cool. It's called Duelers, um, which is how I got my start as a dueling pianist. And um, so a few friends of mine made a, a movie called Duelers. It's actually oh, quite good. I thought you did tell um, us this. Yeah, but I was just a, a little extra. I was a bachelorette in one scene. <laughs> and your name was Charlotte. And my name and, was Charlotte. And it was funny <laughs> as hell. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> It's actually, it's actually a really fantastic movie. It's no longer available to watch for free online like it was when it first came out. But mm-hmm. uh, I watched it twice, and I don't watch a lot of movies twice. <laughs> I watched it once just out of curiosity because I knew Drew a little bit. And then as I was preparing to interview Drew about the movie, I'm like, I'm going to watch it again. And yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it again. And I've recommended it a bunch of times. And it's always fun to see, oh, so yeah. I remember as I was watching it the first time, I saw you in there. I'm like, oh, God, I hope she gets to sing and play. And, and oh, it's just a little, <laughs> little cameo in there. But that was that was fun. How did that come about? Just because you were friends with people? Yeah. So Drew and Colleen are wonderful. Oh, and man. we used to work together um, at a handful of piano bars. And um, they just asked me to be a part of it. And I'm so glad they did. It was really fun. I saw a lot of friends' names in the credits. So it was cool. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you want to find out more like in-depth stuff about Katie, I encourage you to go back and listen to the old one. But uh, I noticed the theme as I was looking at your bandmates that you've all had careers that help people that mm-hmm. is not music related. Like they're all like focused on making people better. Hmm. Is that is that did you get did you guys even realize that when you got together? I don't think that no. we've ever put that no. together no. really in one phrase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's something yeah. that is, uh, you know, a theme that makes a song at some point, like helping people and mm-hmm. getting better. Although, I mean, the song you just performed is about lifting, lifting up women. So in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of our main goals as a band actually is to lift up women. We started it with one another to empower each other. And um, it's a lot scarier to get on stage by yourself, like Grace was talking about. And I've never really, I've been in bands where I've played with a lot of different musicians, but I've never been in a band that has been like this. So um, it's been very cool, very cool to kind of come together and write um, like-minded songs to, to support the people that we want to connect with the most, I guess, through our music. Mm-hmm. It's the 10th anniversary of Happiness, yeah. Happy Mess, which is a great album title. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about that being 10 years old already? Oh, man, I can't believe it. Um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of feelings around that, I think. Um, like the biggest one being gratitude, I think. Um, I started um, recording that record um, because of my brother, actually. And um, he reached out to a producer um, on my behalf, Dave Douglas, Mm. and um, he was just, you know, just so excited and wanted me to record. And so he reached out to him. We got connected. I recorded. And um, that was the beginning of the journey. So um, it's been a it's been a long decade. It's been a hard decade. It's been full um, of of friends and people and shows and all the things. Um, But. A decade is a long time. <laughs> and some ups and downs. And we hear yeah. about those as we listen to your music, as we follow your story through song. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I saw you last, Limitless was not out yet. Mm-hmm. And Limitless was a you know a painful journey to go through to get to the album. But from what I know about you personally, you're on the other side of that and you're happy. Mm-hmm. High five. High five. <laughs> I like you being happy. I mean, it's... It's it's selfish. Like when Sarah McLaughlin got married, I was said, "Oh no, where's all the forlorn songs going to go?" Like I'm I'm happy that she's happy, but like mm-hmm. all the stuff that makes me love her music is going to go away. And I felt that way about other people. Like, no, That's don't so get married, funny. Liz Longley. Like, I want the sad songs. No, I love her as a human, so I wanted to be happy. That's but, so great. Yeah. But I want you to be happy. But Limitless, mm-hmm. what a great record that was. Mm-hmm. Still Thank is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was looking forward to it then. And I'm. It was one of my top ten albums of the year when it came out. So. 
I'm looking forward to hopefully, I, I assume you're all still working in your solo things. This is like mm-hmm. a side gig. So is there, is there more solo material coming soon at some point? There is. So actually because of that 10 year anniversary, um, it's so funny that you mentioned Patty Griffin. Um, so I was playing a gig. I promise this connects. I was playing a gig, uh, recently where someone requested Patty Griffin and I had listened to a little bit of her music. And actually one of the songs that I listened to the most was when I was writing Limitless and actually on that road trip that sort of inspired that album. Um, I listened to long ride home Mm. probably like a thousand times. And so, um, I ended up playing that for the request and then kind of went back and I was like, "I, I don't think I've listened to this album. And so I got in the car and was listening to the record and it's a thousand kisses and the first song is rain and I don't know what happened Mm. but I just it really it was like this flood of emotions of like knowing this 10 years is coming up and that album just hit me so deeply um and so I was looking into her a little bit more because I I know of her work and I know that she's you know revered as a songwriter but um I found out that she put that album out like when she was nearly 40 and I think that you know just I'm I'm going to be 33 you know next month and um we just talked about women in the industry of for American dream and I think that some of the feelings of that 10 years have been kind of connected to that but um so anyway I ended up recording um a piano version solo piano version of rain that I sort of merged with a rewrite of one of the first songs that's on that happy mess EP dead of winter um and that will be coming out in January so I'm very excited I'm excited now too yeah. <laughs> I love rain. I love that whole album too but mm-hmm. uh living with ghosts is still like the, the pinnacle for her for me mm, it's the start and absolutely there have been so many great songs long ride home i mean just like the story and mm-hmm. kind of makes you want to cry like that whole yeah, story absolutely it's great stuff do you still lug her a keyboard around or do you try to book rooms where they have a piano oh a little of both but we're working on getting getting pianos in the rooms because yeah. it just makes it so much easier it saves car space um but it's been really nice to play at any time a place has a grand or like a baby or even an upright it's just it's so nice to play a real piano versus electric so. and we're standing next to one but I don't are, like, yeah. I don't, I, I, it's too complicated I, if I had the right mixing <laughs> capabilities I would definitely have let you play mm-hmm. in that um, in that that piano over there. <laughs> One other cool thing that I saw that happened to you since we last spoke, and I was like, "What? <laughs> you played with Ben Folds?" I did. Come on, <laughs> tell me about that. It was crazy. I'm still like on a cloud nine from that. Um, I work at a place in Nashville called Sid Gold's Request Room, which is basically like piano karaoke where I play the piano part, and then like Jill would request a song, and then she'll sing while I play. And so Ben was working on promoting his upcoming album and upcoming tour, and I I don't know how my boss Kira got connected with them, but she was like, well, if he wants to promote the Nashville show, then he could play like a private show at our place and we could do like karaoke with Ben. And so, um, basically they had, you know, 10 Ben fold songs. We could all put our name in, in a hat, you know, to, to be pulled. Um, and so I got to sing the duet with him, the Regina Spector duet. And, um, it was one of the top 10 moments of my life. I, so <laughs> I got to see the video. Somebody yeah. posted it. Yeah. Yeah. That was, it was cool. awesome. Congratulations on that. <laughs> Thank you. And thank you for bringing your friends with you. Yes, I'm so glad they're here. <laughs> How did the Rebel Eves form? Mm. Who wants to answer that? I guess we all kind of can. Yeah. yeah. Step up to the mic when you do. <laughs> well, I guess it came out of our first writer's round. Mm-hmm. I knew Jillian um, from Nashville, and then I met Katie through our pro- former producer during COVID mm-hmm. over Zoom. He um, sort of connected us and... I think we were supposed to write and we ended up just like talking for yeah. a long time, like hours. And then, then we did write a couple songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But we got, we got, we became fast friends very quickly over yeah. Zoom. And then I met Jill when we did our first writer's round and we were all kind of sitting in your parents' living room, harmonizing on each other's songs. 2021? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, I think so. Yeah. And yeah, so we were playing like as our individual artists and we were like, we're like, well, we'll just throw some harmonies on each other's songs. And like the blend of our voices just felt really, really good. And um, so we kind of, we made that into the Nashigan tour. So we did that still as a writer's round tour. Um, but the more we like played and sang together, we were like, let's like, what if we make this a thing? And we went up to my grandparents' cottage in um, on Higgins Lake 
um, in central Michigan. And we're like, we have no expectations. We'll just kind of, if this feels right, we'll, we'll just keep taking steps forward. And um, we arranged our first song uh, and came up with a name and just felt like we should ca- keep moving forward as a band. And yeah, now we're here. And <laughs> why did we name it? Not Nashigan, which would have made sense because there's Nashville, mm-hmm. Michigan. I mean, that's a great name for the tour, but why did the band name not become Nashigan? Mm-hmm. Well, I think we all come from similar backgrounds um, of uh, different um, different um, steps of deconstruction of mm-hmm. faith. Um, and I, I actually like to think of it as reconstruction, um, just sort of, of thinking about... Um, thinking about religion in a way that, um, is empowering instead of, um, of exclusive, I guess. And so we have, I mean, over those writers rounds, we were having multiple conversations, um, about that sort of subject matter and decided to, um, just sort of go with that, go with that. We're like, we're, we're talking about it all the time. We're writing about it all the time. Um, why don't we just sort of create the band this way? So I don't know. Do you guys want to add to that? Well, I think also, too, like in our minds, you know, Eve from the Bible is someone who gets a lot of blame. And I think in a culture, you know, if you're constantly blaming women for the downfall of humanity, that's really dangerous, you know. And so we sort of wanted to take something that um, we this mindset we thought some most of our life and flip it on its head. And I feel like really our band is just asking a lot of questions and that's sort of like, because we're still asking a lot of questions, but we wanted it to kind of convey to get people thinking in a different way. I think that's really the heart of our band is just like asking hard questions and hopefully people will think about mm-hmm. these old time beliefs. I hope they hear them. What are the ultimate goals of the band? A once a year thing, a twice a year thing, a permanent project that continues until, I mean, what's the goal? Did we talk about that? Grace wants to change careers. (laughs) Yeah, until seven years from now when Grace is done with this. Yeah, I think we're really taking it one year at a time. Um, This, we already have a bunch of shows planned for the summer. Um, I think to... For me, it, it's as long as it feels it feels good, and and right now I think that's looking like maybe a couple tours a year um, for this next year, um, with this album coming out and just seeing where it grows to. Um, we're kind of having open hands about <laughs> about it and um, constantly checking in with each other to see you know what feels good and uh, yeah. So far, it's just grown. It feels like it's grown quickly and like progressed quickly and we keep just stepping forward into the next door that opens. Um, so yeah, I think we're just going to continue to do that. Is there a projected release date? Well, first single is going to come out February like 20th or something like that. February. Yeah. So first single, we have a date. Um, next single will be sometime in the summer and then, um, album we haven't said a release date yet, but we're hoping not far from there. Was I spot on when I said Zoom for songwriting, or do you just write songs separately and bring them to the group? We Zoom write. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's how really else can fun. you do it? Is there, is there times that when you're on the road together, you sit down and go, hey, let's try and write a song now, because it's a little bit more organic and easier. Yeah. Like, I'm taking away from that time right now by having yeah. you here, but... Actually, one of the newest songs that we wrote, what sort of happened organically, um, it was while we were rehearsing and we were all just kind of jamming out. And then we got this idea and we couldn't finish it right then, but we tabled it and then finished it over Zoom. So that happens a lot where we'll come up with ideas while we're together um, or like, you know, we'll just have conversations over Zoom and then throw it together when we're together. (laughs) So, yeah. Well, it's a fantastic project and I'm glad that I have a chance to see you in person and to talk about it is there another song and we wind it up yeah yeah one more yeah this song is called trying to find healing me too um, yeah yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah How do you know what's right or wrong when the whole strong I keep pushing on or when it's time 
on acoustic alternatives and remember when I said I reserve the right to change my mind <laughs> that might be the first single too oh, can there wow. be two first singles that's a, that's a really great song too thank you wow 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 thank you so much for sharing your talents in this special session with me uh, I can't say how like standing here right now how it's going to turn out I hope it turned out great I can't tell <laughs> I've never really experimented with the trio thing and in this studio at Grove it's it's a whole different thing like I'm not in complete control as much as I want to be with the sound yeah. the video is going to look great I know that for sure yeah. uh, but where can people find more information about the Rebel Eves is it the Rebel Eves dot com. so if you don't put the in we might go somewhere else yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know where we'd go yeah. uh, so singles next summer some touring there's things to look forward to if you missed them on their Michigan swing because this came out too late for you to find out about them even though you might have seen them on the playlist because I put them on the acoustic alternatives playlist um, this is your chance to start paying attention sign up for an email list is there an email list there is on our website. That's mm -hmm. a way they can keep up with you and they can okay. make sure that they know when these singles come out because I have been excited about this project since you told me about it <laughs> two years ago. So thank you again 
for being here, and it was a pleasure to meet both of the new people, yes, <laughs> Grace and Jillian, who have uh, not ever been to the studio before, and perhaps we'll have to have a separate visit where we talk about you guys, just you guys. Don't invite the others. <laughs> Grove Studios is first interview. I think it is as a band. As a band, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you're for very being welcome. I was going to ask that actually yeah. if that was. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Um, if you're new to the podcast because of these young ladies, there are 60-some other ones to listen to. Uh, probably the biggest star I've had on the podcast was Jeff Daniels and his son Ben, wow. inviting me to their home and got to do a nice session with them. I've had the pleasure of visiting with Glenn Phillips of Toad the West Brocket and Brian Vanderark and some of my favorite singer-songwriters of the scene like uh, Jonathan Brooke and Willie Porter, people like that. So it's been going on for a long time. Uh, I don't, if you're just discovering it, thanks Support me on Patreon if you think you want to. I've got some special things for people who do there. I can't tell you what they are because they're too special. Uh, but Grove Studios, thanks to them. If this is a place that uh, you're just discovering as well, you're seeing the big room. This is the big room. There's a drum kit. There's a piano. There's space for lots of people in here. Obviously, we recorded a big video in here with a trio. So check them out. Grove Studios in Ypsilanti is the, the reason I'm still doing this. So thanks to them. Appreciate uh, everyone who's paying attention and I don't know what's next. I don't have another one booked at the moment. So just keep an eye on the podcast page and uh, thanks for being here. Thanks all three of you for being here as well. Thank you, John. Thank you.